It is first thing Friday so it's time for fix. The audio version of our newsletter. Made with Amazon Polly. Fix slash insider, Friday August 27th. AdTech. Google may have come later to the privacy party but they are just as busy as Apple, adjusting the plumbing. Eric Suford points out how the Android opt-out of ads personalization emulates the Apple actions but using a set of tools rather than just one as the Apple ATT does. And we see the deprecation of the user agent string in Chrome announced, which would make fingerprinting more difficult. A Washington Post exec sees this as a bigger deal than the cookie thing and explains why. This would seem to make the UID 2.0 initiative even harder to pull off, as I tweeted recently, if Apple and Google browsers refuse to support it how can it pan out? FB have woken up and smelled the coffee and moved on. I think everyone else has to do the same. Or am I missing something? Just like the similar slogan in Animal Farm, third-party bad and first-party good is becoming overused and a little misunderstood. A media monks exec has good advice on how to approach first-party data, from an audit to see how you currently use third-party data to a strategy on how first-party is collected and used. On the topic of data, the government are thought to be ready to scrap the red tape around cookie requests and GDPR. Apparently creating our own data laws is one of the biggest prizes of Brexit. So the loss of freedom of movement and the empty shelves etc. are all worthwhile. It remains to be seen what the EU will make of these plans and with global acceptance of GDPR and the imminent California privacy laws, will it be worthwhile for businesses to change policies? One positive move is a new head of the eco, so we should see a clearer set of policies there. A new study tells us what I think we all actually know, ads in news media can be really effective. This sort of muscle memory knowledge is a building block in the argument for context. It is interesting that it stresses the effectiveness of both print and online, as the disconnect we see here is a major problem. If everyone who buys a print ad in The Guardian also bought a digital equivalent, the economics of news would be much better. But for some reason this just doesn't happen, I wonder who the media planners are that value The Guardian audience, just not the ones that have iPhones. Most legacy publishers can now support their context with excellent first-party data and this piece looks at how the New York Times use the data to inform ad sales. Then run high-impact creative like this and your money is being well spent. And some ad tech history, the story of 24-7. I was at WPP when they acquired this business, very soon after a promising partnership with DoubleClick was derailed by their acquisition by Google. Creative tech. Winning in ads is all about the creative nowadays, anyway, Dennis you. A survey of marketers and agency shows targeting gets way too much credit for marketers and creative far too little. There is no reason to run standard banner ads, now that rich, impactful edge-to-edge -edge ads are feasible for most publishers. The extra cost is significantly less than the extra value created. People are still trying to breathe life into these outdated formats, here someone injects social content into banners. Effective ads have ideas behind them and many, most, display formats are poor canvases for creativity. The platforms increasingly recognize the contribution of creative and this Facebook report looks at five key themes they have identified in recent ads. Merchant. This week's deep dive was Merchant and we looked at how the fast last mile space is evolving and how Amazon and Walmart continue to battle. We now see one of the next steps in this battle as the Walmart Connect partnership with the Trade Desk sees their new DSP launch, letting brands use Walmart data to target their customers. A big step for Merchant Media. Not far behind is Target, who have hired an ex-Google exec to run their media business, Roundel. This leverages the 100 meters members of their Circle Rewards Loyalty Program, which is free to join. 
Firms now really value their loyalty programs and consumer brands like Kellogg's are looking to grow theirs from 33 meters, in the US, with more brands going DTC, now you can buy Cheez-It Direct. I believe these data gathering strategies are going to lead to collaboration with the fast last mile businesses, as long as the two parties can agree on how to share the data. Warby Parker was one of the original digital native vertical brands, but with two-thirds of sales now coming from their 130-plus stores, the label doesn't really work anymore. But they plan an IPO and their S1 reveals some interesting data on the business. Some smart people have dug out the key learnings, a low-blended customer acquisition cost of $27 and great repeat business, so their lifetime value looks good. But digging deeper, the way they calculate CAC is a little unorthodox and the true figure is probably significantly higher. Knowing the true relationship between customer acquisition cost and lifetime value is invaluable. But so many businesses underestimate the former and overestimate the latter. More background on a fascinating business in this Wall Street Journal interview with the co-founders. This is a good FT piece on re-engineering the fashion retail experience. East. The stringent regulation of China tech has recently driven Chinese tech shares down but a rebound in earnings at JD.com has caused a bounce back. Latin America is getting a lot of interest from tech firms looking for rapid growth and the phenomenal growth of Mercado Libre has attracted the attention of Asian e-commerce giant Shopee. Never heard of them? Their shares have increased by 680% since the start of 2020 and they now have a similar valuation to Shopify. Headquartered in Singapore the owner C has a big stake held by Tencent. C first entered the South American market with a mobile game Free Fire that has proven very successful and profitable. These profits are subsiding the e-commerce business, and it can be really hard to get money out of Brazil for instance. The shopping user experience is gamified, with many games winning discounts. Newt. There is one factor in the economics of Newt that no one knows right now. The contribution of cinemas. At the core of the disputes with talent is how much money they make from box office revenues. With lockdowns, cinemas have been closed and are being slow to reopen. And people are being slow to go back, the few people I know who have been recently, all talk about how empty they are. The FT points out the effects of closures on cinema lovers, but hopes that Quentin Tarantino is typical. I have a living room, he told the Armchair Expert podcast recently. I want to go to the theater. Someone who probably knows almost as much as Tarantino about the film business is Barry Diller now running the IAC group of online businesses. Before running Expedia and Tinderect he ran the 20th Century Fox business for Rupert Murdoch and is credited with inventing both the made-for-TV movie of the week and the miniseries. He thinks just 10% of theaters will remain in the next few years. I don't think there'll be anywhere near as many as there are now. I do think that they're appropriate, for big productions where you need sound and lights and all of that extra, and where you need a communal experience. His inference that quantity now wins out over quality does resonate especially when you see that Netflix intend to release 42 films over the next quarter. In this tsunami of content, new ways of financing the films can be seen. Channel 4 are working with fashion house Balmain on a drama series and Shopify have funded a series. On the lives of four entrepreneurs with disabilities. A fixed friend from Tubular Labs has a good new podcast, focused on social video. Called Coffee for Scalers the first episode sees Dennis talk with the founder of Electric House. Lots more on Newt than Wednesday's deep dive. Crypto. It's no surprise Garib has gone big on NFTs. Much of his recent focus has been on collectibles like sports cards, so the NFT world doesn't feel too much of a stretch. And a partnership with the most followed seven-year-old looks promising, as he tries to add NFTs to kids' toys. 
His agency is promoting NFTs to brands and luxury has been quick to test the concept. But to celebrate their 200th anniversary Louis Vuitton have gone all in with a sophisticated mobile game that has 30 people NFTs hidden in it. The music industry is also learning about crypto and token tracks as an interesting attempt to create a platform for music creators and music lovers. R. TikTok is building its own R development platform, TikTok Effect Studio. This is how Facebook's Project RER glasses work. Plus plus. How social media redesigns manipulate us, the New Yorker on the Twitter redesign and dark patterns. A critical ratio that every CIO should be thinking about, Bane on the need for thinkers, doers and watchers. I think the role of architect is crucial in digital. The real reason most super apps are not super great, FT. Substack Acqui hires team behind subscription social app Cocoon, another example of the 3CS, content community and commerce. Targeting taste communities, why community, not individuals, is the new unit of marketing. Interesting thinking and relevant to the rise of cohorts in targeting. Giants, unicorns and pixies, shaping gaming's new rules. A constellation is born, approaching the Web3 platform economy. Jay-Z and Beyonce have Basquiat at Tiffany's, more great marketing from LVMH. This week's good TikTok creative looked at how Dior, another LVMH brand, is investing in TikTok. Do subscribe to get the weekly GTTC update. The downloadable agency checklist for Twitter ads. Martech 2030, 5 trends in marketing technology for the decade of the augmented marketer, interesting new report from WPP. Finally, a project quite close to home. My wife works for Kano, who this week got to launch their very cool STEM player, a collaboration with Kanye West. It's an amazing piece of hardware that lets the user create and remix music from the new Kanye album. You can upload and customize any music, and download and share your creations. Letting people take control of music like this feels like a huge step, as big a deal as the Roland 808.